This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. E-S-N-Y. I said, I am, I am tired today. Very, very tired. Why? Because there was so much baseball news or just like tired? The baseball news actually, it actually helped me wake up quite a bit today. Uh, I was tired because of yesterday and everything that happened yesterday. I was up until like five o'clock in the morning, just waiting to see if anything else will happen. Uh, I just, just didn't sleep well. I woke up early. Uh, so I'm running on like four and a half hours of sleep which is not ideal, but the baseball news. And let me, let me do the intro first, just to make sure we get it in before all the Francisco Lindor talk starts. It is episode 86 of the bleacher creatures Yankees podcast presented by elite sports, New York crossing broad Warwick gaming and XL media as always brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. And yes, the baseball news that dropped today got me out of my slumber and it, it woke me up. I was good to go. Good to go for the entire day. I'm starting to crash a little bit now, but I was I was good to go all day, hyped up. I was the most active on Twitter I have been in a very long time just because everything started rolling out at once. You all know what we're talking about. The Yankees signed or acquired Greg Allen. That's the big news. Yes, huge, huge blockbuster deal. Uh, we sent the Padres, a prospect that I've never heard of. Uh, and it's just, I mean, breaking down, breaking down MLB.com. I think their servers must've crashed from such a huge piece of news. It was absurd. It's like, oh, the Padres are going to do that last week. No, no, we're going to do this this week. We're going to steal one of their players. They designated him for assignment, but obviously they saw something in him at one point. Absolutely. uh, The real news that we're talking about is Francisco Lindor has been traded to the New York Mets along with Carlos Carrasco uh, for Ahmed Rosario uh, Jimenez, who I know Kyle is obsessed with Kyle Newman. He is obsessed with Jimenez uh, and two other prospects, uh, Isaiah Green. And I don't remember the last guy's name, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco, they're on the New York Mets now. Uh, the Mets are finally a competitive team. One might even say that they are a better team than the New York Yankees as it stands right now. I got to tell you, these, obviously the Francisco Lindor trade, we kind of heard rumors about this, not just with the Mets, but with several other teams. And all of a sudden it broke that they were in the process of making a deal. Adding Carlos Carrasco, like, damn, that is a win. Okay. Obviously, James, you texted me and you you said it was a salary dump. Like, oh yeah. Definitely, for sure. However, Steve Cohen's willing to spend money and he wants to make the team better. That is perfection for the Mets. I'm I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them and I'm happy for their fans. Good for them. 
Absolutely. And to be fair, the Mets are still under the luxury tax. So there is room for Steve Cohen to go make more moves. Uh, Maybe they will end up going over the luxury tax if they get George Springer, which they're reportedly still the front runners to get him. Um, But yeah, this is, this is an unpopular stance that I've held for a long time. Uh, I don't, I don't want the Mets to be bad. A lot of Yankees fans hate Mets fans because they're always a little brother. And it's just like, it's annoying. It's annoying whenever the Yankees do something to have a Mets fan come in your, come in your mentions and act like an idiot. Well, I don't, I don't get hung up on that. I like when the Mets are good. It's good for baseball when the New York Yankees and the New York Mets are competitive teams. It's great for New York baseball. I mean, I can't even imagine the kind of content we're going to get out of, oh, look what the Mets did this week. Oh, look what the Yankees did this week. Who's going to have a better record by the end of the year? When is the Subway Series coming up? Like, It's just great. Yeah, it's really, really good for baseball. It's really, really good for New York because quite honestly, I know Yankees fans are pissed. They're like, oh, the Yankees aren't doing anything, which they're not, which I'm not really happy about either, but we also know how this offseason is going to go. I It's going to be really good for the sport. So I'm really happy for them. I'm really, really glad that Francisco Lindor is on a team that's definitely going to give him that extension. And he's going to be so appreciated. Like, they are going to worship the guy. Oh, he is going to be perfect perfect in new york and i think what we're seeing is that since the free agent market is so slow you're still waiting for jt real muto you're still waiting for george spring you're still waiting for trevor bauer and until those dominoes fall over until someone bites the bullet and gives them what they think they're worth nobody else is going to get moved nobody else major at least because everyone if you need an outfielder you're circling Springer if you need a catcher you're circling Real Muto you're not going to move on from those guys unless you either can't afford them or they get signed by someone else so what are teams like the Padres and the Mets doing well other teams are trying to shed payroll let's take some payroll on let's go get some all-star caliber players add them to our roster and we'll have a pretty regular payroll while the Cubs and the Rays and the Cleveland are trying to cut payroll which is ridiculous by the way and we are gonna we are gonna talk about how bad for baseball that is but as it stands right now francisco lindor and carlos carrasco in new york i mean that i mean that's beautiful that's just beautiful and i think the best part too is that like we'll hear more about it as well you know obviously we really only paid attention to cleveland the past couple of years when we're like oh we're gonna be facing them in the playoff series like Cleveland's such a small market. It really is. Um, and big, big stars, but not as big as Mike Trout, not as big as, you know, some of these other names that are taking over the sport. I love the fact that they're going to be in New York because it's a huge market. You also have Yankees fans who are going to be learning more because people are going to be bragging about how good Francisco Lindor is, how good Carlos Carrasco is going to be for them. I'm excited. I'm excited to learn more about them just in general, because I feel like the AL Central is that division that nobody cares about. They just don't. Nobody. Nobody at all. Kansas City Royals, Chicago White Sox, Cleveland. Like, who cares? Detroit Tigers. Who gives a shit about the Detroit Tigers? You forgot Minnesota, man. Well, Minnesota's been okay. (laughs) They've been okay lately. But yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited to basically have them closer in proximity so that I personally can learn more about them and pay more attention because especially Francisco Lindor, that guy's a top tier talent and he has not gotten the recognition he really deserves. 
And he's a top tier personality too. It, it goes so right, much right. further than just how good is this guy going to be on the baseball field? I mean, he is, I would argue that he's going to be the face of New York baseball, even more so than Aaron judge, unless uh, if this is the season that judge finally stays healthy, then, you know, Aaron judge is the best player in New York hands down. But I mean, if we've seen what we've seen from judge recently, and even still judge is a pretty soft-spoken guy. He doesn't go out of his way to, to attract media attention where Francisco Lindor, I mean, he just loves everything. He's just having a grand old time playing baseball. He loves talking to the media. He loves, you know, just having fun out there. And I think you're going to see really quickly that everybody gravitates towards Francisco Lindor. Once he signs this extension, all the attention is going to shift towards him as the face of New York baseball. Well, I think the other thing, too, that you you kind of mentioned is, you know, the New York Mets, obviously, they're getting an amazing player in Francisco Lindor, but they are getting just a great guy and a guy who has the chops to be a clubhouse guy. Like, he could change the entire culture of that organization. Like, he has other players on his own team excited to play with him. He can really catapult the Mets into the into the spotlight a little bit more and... I think you didn't just sign a top tier talent. You signed a guy who is literally just going to be the coolest guy in all of New York. Like he's great. I mean, you, you definitely paid for the personality too. Absolutely. And that's huge because it can go the opposite way. I mean, Trevor Bauer rubs people the wrong way. He does. He's the best pitcher on the market right now, but he rubs people the wrong way. Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, without a doubt, unquestionably for the last 10 years, Nobody knows a single thing about him besides he likes the weather. That's all we know about Mike Trout. And it's just you have this perfect combination of Francisco Lindor is one of the top talents in the game. And he's also just this awesome dude who everybody just gravitates towards him. Smile. That smile. Exactly. And it's just, oh, it's, it's a beautiful time for New York baseball. The Mets are going to be tough, tough for a lot of years. It's nice to see them start acting like a big market team. I mean, I can't. I can't imagine what New York baseball is going to be like for the next, you know, five, 10 years, how intense it's going to be if the Yankees and the Mets are just in perennial playoff contention where everybody is going to be talking about baseball. It's so, yeah. so great for, I mean, for so long, there's, I mean, there's no other New York teams that are good. There's nobody else. The Knicks stink. The Nets are like just starting to become relevant, but nobody cares about them. It's still a Knicks city. Uh, the Giants and the Jets don't even get me started. I mean, this week—I know this was a tough week for you. Uh, the Cowboys lost, and it's not like it would have mattered anyway because the Eagles just tanked the game. So it's not like it would have mattered anyway. But they lost a tough one, um, and you just see now it's always been a Yankees city. The Yankees are the team that is always competitive. They're the one team in New York that's like this team could win it all this year. Well, now there's two teams that could win it all this year. And now Mets fans can come out of hiding in their caves. They can stop being the little brothers. They can say, well, how about you look at our payroll? I love it. I mean, quite honestly, as a Yankees fan, I'm totally 100% fine with sharing the spotlight. It is a burden to always be the best team. Like someone's got to pick up the slack around here and the New York Mets are doing it. So good for them. Good for you guys. I think everyone, let's not be bitter about this. We got to be happy about this. It's good for baseball. It's good for the city of New York. It's good for everyone because with every 
single shitty thing going on in the world right now. We need sports more than ever. We need things that are going to make us smile, make us happy. And if there are guys out there like Francisco Lindor coming to New York and actually playing the game and enjoying playing the game, it's a beautiful thing. I'll yeah, take it. A new, new franchise face for a new franchise uh, under Steve Cohen. This is a completely different Mets team than we've ever seen before. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. But on the flip side, and this is where this is where Angry James is going to make an appearance um, okay, so I should settle in, right? I should get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, settle in okay. because because I've got some thoughts. Okay, Cleveland. The way that Cleveland is running their organization is criminal, criminal to the integrity of baseball. This team, I mean, they are they've been a perennial playoff contender. For years, they made it to the World Series a few years ago with Francisco Lindor on that team. Last year, they kind of back in. They they would have gotten in if it were a regular playoff. If it were a regular playoff format, they still would have gotten the wild card. They would have been in the playoffs. Okay, so this is a competitive team, and they slashed their payroll to thirty five million. That's lower than the Pirates. Do you know how cheap you have to be? to spend less than the Pittsburgh Pirates right now coming off years and years of playoff contention. You're going to tell me with a $35 million payroll that you could not have afforded to give Francisco Lindor the extension to keep the franchise face. I mean, he is the face of Cleveland, Cleveland period. And you couldn't afford to give that guy, let's say as much as $30 million to bring your payroll to what is it? A whopping 65 million. Like what are what are we doing? What are we doing that that owners are operating this way? And you see it with the Cubs, who are trading you Darvish for fucking scrap metal. You see it with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are, oh god, what happened? What happened? No, 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 no. I know what they're doing. I've seen this before. I've seen it. It's the plot of Major League. The plot. Okay, so yeah, they're trying to move yeah. to Miami, except there's yeah. already a team in Miami. They're, well, they're trying to get to Montreal. Else. They, they want to get to Montreal before the Rays pick up and move. That's but, it. We, yeah. we cracked the case. We cracked it. This oh is it. God. It's just, it's so unbelievable. And we said this all summer when owners were fighting about, oh, well, we're not going to have fans, so we don't want to play. Like, you take profit after profit after profit after profit from this team, and you never, never funnel it back to the players who earned you that profit. And all of a sudden, this year, there's the slight possibility that you might take a loss because there's no fan revenue. And by the way, fan revenue in total, concessions, tickets, everything, that's less than half the revenue you bring in. Now, everything else is a, a TV deal, which I've uh, some of the TV money went away because there were only 60 games, but didn't have to. It didn't have to. Yeah, but they also didn't air any games. Yeah, and it's just when you operate your team this way, you're letting the city down. And you say, yeah, baseball is a business, but you have a moral responsibility to the city that you play in, especially a town like Cleveland, where it's not the New York Yankees. For some people, Cleveland baseball is all they have. The Cavs are bad every year. The Browns are bad every year. Cleveland baseball, that's it. That's been their their 2010, besides that one championship LeBron got. But we don't care about LeBron. And Listen, I have to tell you something about Cleveland. Go for it. Okay, I've been there for a couple games. I like Cleveland. Cleveland's not a bad city. 
you've got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You've got the, well, in, down in Canton, you've got the uh, Football Hall of Fame. You've got some cool stuff there. When I was there, I paid a man $20 to get me out of the parking lot. And he jumped in front of traffic and stopped all the cars on a busy road to let me through. They deserve more than that. They absolutely do. It's when you have a homegrown star like Francisco Lindor, like the Rays had in Blake Snell, who is a uh, Blake Snell is a whole other thing because he was only going to make $11 million. That's not a lot of money for a team that was just in the fucking world series. When you have a homegrown star like Francisco Lindor, who's 26 years old, not a free agent yet, a star in the game, you owe it to your fan base to do whatever you can to keep him around. And it's not COVID cutting costs because this was last year where they're saying when we are willing to pay Francisco Lindor $300 million, other teams will be paying their star players a billion dollars. They had no intention of paying this man before they lost all the fan revenue. And they get back, I mean, Ahmed Rosario, not that good. Jimenez, maybe he will be good. Maybe the other prospects will be good. But coming off a year where you were in the playoffs, you trade your homegrown star and Carlos Carrasco. That's not... Let's not get caught up without Carlos Carrasco because he is a star pitcher. He is a very good pitcher. And you trade them away to cut your payroll to $35 million. If I was a Cleveland fan, I would revolt. I would not. I would have to move. I wonder what Cleveland, I mean, I've seen a few, I follow a few Cleveland fans, but I'm really interested in like what, obviously, you know what the initial reaction is, but the long-term reaction, like, what are you thinking? Are you feeling like your team has just let you down? They've been like, yeah, let's squeeze all this money out of these people over the years. And then we're just going to do this. And then we're just going to hug the profits as much as we can. I know I have one friend, a friend of mine, Evan, who is a Cleveland fan. And he was devastated. He knew it was coming and he was still devastated. Because it's just, it just shows how much Francisco Lindor means to your organization and means to your fan base. And then to just trade them away because you're like, well, we want to cut payroll. So we're going to have the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball. We're going to get rid of this homegrown star. It's infuriating. And, and baseball can't continue to operate this way. I know analytics have kind of changed the way teams are built. But there has to be some kind of pushback on the other end where uh, mid mid tier players they have to start getting paid again lower like the lower guys the guys who just barely come up they make no money no money at all and they're easily replaceable so the second they get to arbitration they're gone it's over and it's just there has to be some way where teams are going to be forced to not not in a salary floor sense because that's just never going to happen without a salary cap which the players will never agree to but in a way where you you change the pay structure so that it no longer benefits your team to build it this way, where you you just tear it down and you go strictly by the numbers and you say, this is, I mean, we can get similar production from this player for $8 million less. I mean, this is a veteran player. He's going to cost $10 million. We can get slightly less production for only 600000 So we're going to go with the slightly less production. I mean, you play the game. You're talking money ball. Exactly. We can't just keep doing money ball because you play the game to fucking win. You're you're a major league baseball owner to win a championship. 
I mean, how many times is Moneyball going to actually work? It doesn't. And even worse, now people are kind of realizing that with the playoffs, all you really need is the lottery ticket. It's sure it helps to have that that best team, but the best team could very well lose a, a series to a lesser team. So why would you spend money when you can just back into the playoffs and then get lucky? I mean, just in general, uh, the whole the whole money ball aspect, like you not every single player is going to be good. I mean, you might find a few diamonds in the rough, but you the chances of you completing putting together a whole successful squad that actually has an opportunity to win the World Series by money balling is highly, highly unlikely. It's just not possible. No, and it works for the teams like the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Dodgers every year because they take that strategy and they apply it to players who are due to get paid. Uh, Veterans who they know this guy can do this. It's not an unknown. It's not a prospect Mm -hmm. where you see, oh, he has a pretty good average exit velocity in AAA, so we expect he's going to have this at the major league level. No, they pay big money to the players who they know can win in this system. And that's why they are competitive every year. It works sometimes for the Tampa Bay Rays. They have a really great analytics department and they're very good at player development and resetting their roster when they feel like their payroll is getting too high. But it's it doesn't work every year. And if you have the ability to pay players to stay like Blake Snell for $11 million, a Cy Young candidate, Charlie Morton probably would have gone back to Tampa, Tampa Bay on a pretty friendly deal. If you have the ability to pay these guys and you don't in favor of this system where you say, well, we're going to have a bunch of bullpen guys come up. We have a lot of good relievers in the system. So we're only going to have one starting pitcher. It's just not going to work every year. And if you're not playing every year in the pursuit of a championship, what are you playing for? Yeah. I mean, just in general, (laughs) it's, I don't know. It just, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, obviously you can laugh at the pirates because that's kind of like, they were never just, they were never good. I mean, and they also have one of the worst analytics departments, so they can't do this. They are incapable of doing this. So when Garrett Cole comes up, he's only okay with the pirates. Pretty good. Not great. He goes to the Astros and he's the best pitcher in the fucking league. But the Indians, they know better. The Indians, the Indians know how to win. They've I mean, been winning for years. What are we calling them? The baseball team? The the Cle- baseball I'm, team. I'm just saying Cleveland. I'm just trying to say Cleveland as much as possible until they come up with a new name. Uh, but yeah, they know how to win. They've been winning for years. They were in the World Series, what, five years ago? And they've been in the playoffs every year since. And now all of a sudden you have to pay one guy and you're like, nope, tear it down. Break it all down. Uh, just do put it. it away. Like, come on, man. Come on. It is embarrassing. I I really am interested to know a little bit more what Cleveland fans and Cleveland analysts are thinking. I just, I'm going to have to scour Twitter tonight, which is never a good sign. I've I've looked around. I've looked around and and I know the beat reporters for Cleveland are pretty staunchly against it. uh, Who have been, they're not explicitly saying this is disgraceful, but they're also not shying away from implying that this is a fucking disgrace to the game to operate your team this way. Cause it's what, I mean, what's the point you were in the playoffs last year and you're going to slash your payroll to the lowest in major league baseball. What's the point? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? 
I mean, basically, you have, once again, the owners expecting fans to pay money to come to these games, and you just shit on the fans. Exactly. And just, the, the fan do revenue... Do you care? They don't care. Yeah, they don't the care fan about the revenue fans. becomes less and less important every year because the TV money is getting absolutely insane. And, you know, 20 years ago, fan revenue, super, super important. You need that money. You need to put together a good team so that people will show up at your ballpark, buy tickets, buy hot dogs, buy beer, and you can make money. Now, it doesn't really matter as much. So why why cater to the fans when you can just lie in your own pockets? And again, it's, it's just spitting in the face of this moral obligation you have to the city. You own a sports team for the city. It means a lot to the people of the city. So I understand it's a business, but there is a moral obligation to actually try to have a good team. And it's just, it's just not happening way too often these days. And I guess here's another thing to think about, of course, and this is just me being trying to be as rational as possible, but they did not have to shut down with the coronavirus in general, like other places in New York City and upstate New York and all that stuff. Okay, they still have more than enough money and they're going to be fine. But just think about your fans. God damn it. Like, just think about us. How badly did we need baseball this summer for the period of, I don't know when spring training shut down, March, late March, spring training shuts down. March 18th or 19th. Yeah, until late July. I mean, think about how badly we needed baseball during that time and how, I mean, I became a CBA expert in that time trying to understand how the owners could possibly do this. And uh, first of all, they couldn't, which is why the players filed a grievance. And I am really looking forward to the owners' uh, budgets becoming public and their financial records. I don't know if they become public, public, but if the owners made money this year, if every single team in baseball made a profit this year, I am going to be livid. And I guarantee that's what happened. There's no way that all of the owners agreed to start the season at 60 games if they didn't know they would make money this year. And I, I'm going to be livid when it comes out that the owners made a profit this year. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. I know you've been talking about that for months and months and they still have not come out, so... Yeah, I have no idea how long the process takes. I'm a CBA expert, though. Next year, when it's the actual CBA and we're going, we're just heading towards a strike. I mean, I am going to be on my game. Well, look at that. Are you are you done now? Yeah, I'm I'm satisfied with yelling at Major League Baseball owners. You have anything uh, else for Yankees news? Um. Uh... No, just, you know, Clint Frazier still uh, still up and at him with his shoes on Instagram, sharing all his shoes. His shoe collection is massive. And I have noticed, though, that a lot of people have been commenting about him, you know, shouldn't you be outside in the batting cage? Blah, blah, oh, blah. shut up. The shut best part up. was Clint's girlfriend commented was like, uh, shouldn't you be practicing right now? <laughs> No, I that's like, I like you. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, she also tweeted um, yesterday or two days ago or whatever that Clint like screamed up to her, called her down because he said he cut himself. So she comes running down the stairs and then finds out that it's like a minor cut and he was just afraid he was going to bleed on his shoes. <laughs> this is, 
This is awesome. Just a, a, a window into the domestic life of Clinton Kaylee. You know what? I've enjoyed it. This could be definitely be a, a good show. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think that's it with like Yankees news. Really not much has happened. Um, you know, obviously people were celebrating like New Year's and even Christmas. I know that like the past couple of weeks have really been a blur for me, but everyone posted pictures of their family for Christmas and all that fun stuff. And Masahiro Tanaka posted a picture of him like with his head against the wall, dressed in his Santa suit. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. He just was like casually resting against the wall. And the picture was like a selfie. And I'm like, I mean, we we gotta bring that guy back. We can't. I can't abide by Masio Tanaka going anywhere else. Like the other day, Talking Yanks posted a video of him and Severino just goofing off in the dugout. And I mean, I love that they're best friends. I need more of that content. I need them back together. And CC commented and was like, "This isn't just on their off days. This is literally all day, every day. They're just dicking around." I was like, "This is this is awesome. I love this. I love these guys." absolutely so yeah no that's all i have it's been pretty quiet on the yankee front but hey at least there's things happening in baseball now absolutely dj lemayhew soon please give it to me Mm, i'm just i'm so worried i'm so worried i was looking actually at the transactions from last year um because i'm going to be writing up my piece on the best 2020 games because i need to watch more games now like i just need to and I was looking at the transactions from last year. And of course, Garrett Cole was signed December 11th. And then of course, Brett Gardner was signed the very next day. Like it always seems that the Yankees, once they start doing something, they don't stop until they're fully done. Yeah. There's not even that much we can do. It's going to be like a two day process. Exactly. Last year, the same thing. There really wasn't much that they could do, but um, did we ever talk about the return of Nestor Cortez Jr.? I don't think we did, but I am fully on board with that. I love Nestor Cortez Jr. Not that he's the best pitcher in the world, but just the the kind of cult that surrounds him. And we, we love him. Sure. The, the Chad Green-Nestor Cortez opening combination was just magical. So I think that the best part about that was that he announced it himself on his Instagram. I love it. Love it. <laughs> and like everyone's like, wait a minute, what? He's like, yeah, I'm happy to be back with the Yankees. All the reporters are like, we didn't hear this. I, I kind of wish that it that would happen more often. Like, I know it's going to happen with Trevor Bauer. There's no way he signs a contract and doesn't uh, tweet it out himself. Like, he's yeah. going to send out a picture of him actually signing the contract. And that's how everyone's going to find out. But it is pretty annoying. these days. Like, John Heyman's Twitter is, like, it's unreadable right now mm-hmm. it's just oh i'm hearing this team is interested in this player and then there's the mystery team and the mystery team hasn't signed anyone in 20 years but hey i mean i'm interested in all players but like does I, mean, that but mean- I never i don't believe it anymore i just don't believe it because it's like it, it was speculation at the end of the season like here's what our team needs here's what free agents might fill that need and then you just go all off season mentioning the same teams. I'm like, let's just fast forward to the part where he actually signs a fucking contract. So, yeah, I mean, I guess another part to that is like looking around Major League Baseball. How many teams do you think want DJ LeMahieu? I know the Dodgers are the Dodgers were apparently never in. I never believed that the Mets were in. 
Uh, the Blue Jays, it doesn't really make as much sense for them as it does to get Springer. Maybe if Springer goes to the Mets, they become a little more aggressive for... DJ. I'm talking hypotheticals here, James. Oh, hypotheticals. How many teams would want DJ LeMahieu on their team? Oh, probably. Honestly, I would have a hard time arguing against every team in Major League Baseball. <laughs> exactly. So why don't we just go with the assumption that every team is interested in every player, and then when they sign a contract, bam, news. Yeah, and it's... it's Even more shocking. Every team wants it. It'd be nice for like the Pittsburgh Pirates to just give them a call and be like, hey, what's it going to take to get you? Oh, that's the price? Yeah, no thanks. I think we're good. We can re- we'll rename our stadium after you. How about we make it 500000 over the next 80 years? It's For sure. Yeah, that's just, we know we know what teams are going to be involved. Uh, just for DJ LeMahieu, I just don't see anyone but the Yankees actually getting him. And it's really frustrating to look at all Heyman saying, oh, well, I'm hearing the Dodgers have contacted DJ LeMahieu. And then you find out it's like, well, they just checked in. They wanted to see how much it would take. They wanted to maybe he can get a two-year deal for 20 million per. And DJ's made it very clear he wants five years. So it's one thing to check in. It's another thing to be seriously pursuing a free agent. I think the Blue Jays are the only real competition. And if they get George Springer, it's cooked. It's over. It's just the Mm -hmm. Yankees because they're not going to move Kevin Biggio to the outfield if they don't have to. It's whatever. Come on, DJ. Yeah. Come on, Yankees. Um, Come on, DJ. Let's hurry this up, please. Yeah. You have anything else? No, no. No? All right. That'll wrap it up for this week then. And we'll see you all next week. Sounds good.